0: Alrighty, so welcome back again, everyone, to Sex and Couples Therapy with the Happy Ending Therapist. I am Donna Harris Richards, your sex-positive sex therapist. I'm an LICSW and CST, Certified Sex Therapist and Licensed Independent Clinical Social Worker in private practice in little old charming New Bedford, Massachusetts, and seeing folks online doing all kinds of interesting work and i'm here today again with my wonderful producer vicky how are you vicky
1: hello i'm doing very well how are you
0: i'm doing fine just fine everything's great i'm actually really good no complaints good yeah so my mission that i will state uh, early on the mission of Sex and Couples Therapy is to help individuals, couples, and families embrace and integrate sex-positive thinking into daily life for optimal health, including sexual health and wellness. We go for annual mammograms, gynecological exams, and prostate exams for physical sexual health. It's really important, and we owe ourselves checkups on the emotional and mental aspects of sexual health for optimal health and wellness. So I just want to open it all up and talk about everything.
1: Yeah. yeah. Just crack it wide open.
0: Crack it wide <laughs> open. You know, to be human is to be sexual. To be sexual is to be human. I mean, to be sexual is also to be a, a scallop and procreate, you know. <laughs> but, but it's so normal, right? We're all born sexual. We're sexual in utero. Babies have pleasure centers, you know, with their mm. clitorises and, and penises. And um, it's just good to sort of talk about all that and acknowledge it Mm. it's healthy it's normal it's normal it's normal normal and healthy yeah yeah so what's happening we are recording early september here still online seeing you over the lovely computer rather see you in person but still seeing you online (laughs) getting through hurricane season uh what what's new what what's new and wonderful what is there to be grateful for? Let's start with that. That's always nice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what is there to be grateful? There's a lot to be grateful for, especially today. Just thinking about everybody that's in the the direct path of the hurricanes that we've been dealing with, and how that's been mm. oh, that's just been breaking my heart. Especially watching. Um, I, I was happy to see that the levees held in New Orleans, though. So that's amazing. So that, that was
0: great. That was great. I agree. Wonderful, wonderful.
1: But, yeah, there's just been a lot of flooding everywhere, and it's just
0: happy that we are where we are. <laughs> mm, yeah, we live in a very uh, safe and wonderful area in New England where we are. Um, we're, we're sort of, you know, uh, locked in in a way. I mean, we, we, we're on the shore, so we get some, some flooding and basements get wet, but um, we're, we're in pretty good shape here. Um, I'm grateful for my health. Uh, I must, mm. I must say, um, I've been a little inactive lately. So today I got back on the treadmill. Mm. Happy to say, and already I can see that it's helping my mood. Um, sometimes I get away from it, as lots of us do, you know. Um, so back yeah. on it, and grateful that I thought to do it. Uh, That's good. Yeah, I mean, I I am pain free, thankfully. I know lots of folks are not. So yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Uh as as I get older, I, more and more people I know <laughs> have, you know, they're eight we're all aging, some folks are dealing with disabilities, pain, you know. So when we don't have that, it's important to be grateful that we don't. Um, cuz it's challenging that stuff. It is. Or, or, for Oh no, go ahead. Sorry. No, so, or <laughs> you know, like what you were talking about with, you know, being in New Orleans or these places that are being ravaged by storms and Flooding, I mean that it's you know, it's so important to to focus if that's not happening for you, how how wonderful that is. Um, and to give, you know, if you can give anything or contribute to help folks in need, that's always good too. What were we gonna say?
1: Um, no, I was just saying that I, I woke up this morning and I made a cup of coffee and I was like, I'm just gonna go for a walk and I just walked until I felt like coming back and it was nice to get out, get some fresh air and mm. and do that. Um Great looked at a bunch of plants on the way that I'm like, ooh, you're you're cool. What are you? (laughs) Oh, the plant lady. Here she
0: is. I I bought
1: two new plants. I did it. I went to Trader Joe's and I found two new plants.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: Haven't bought new plants in a while because I was like, you have too many. And then they were $4 and I bought two.
0: (laughs) What kind? What kind of plants?
1: I have a heather plant.
0: pretty. It's very pretty.
1: And then I got a turtle vine, which is really cool.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. Turtle vine. Cool. I don't know what it's that really is. It's
1: really cute and bushy and little. And I think it's called turtle vine because the, the leaves kind of look like the a top view of a turtle. Oh. I think. Neat. If anybody knows if that's why it's mm. called that or not, feel free,
0: feel free to let us know. Mm. Uh, but, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't going to buy any plants because I'm not going to be around a little bit. But I, mm. I gave in. And I bought three purple mums, and oh, they're so, they're so pretty.
1: They're so pretty. Mums are... I love mums, especially for the fall.
0: Yeah, they're nice for the fall. My problem with mums is that it's it says fall is here, and...
1: Yes, 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 As yes, we
0: yes. talked about last time, it makes me really miss summer.
1: I love summer so much, and I love fall. I'm a big, like, New England gal, so I love, like, the heart of summer and the heart of fall and yeah. and all of that, but I'm just... I think I'm just not ready for it
0: this Aww. time around. <laughs> yeah, you're just not okay with it. And it's okay now to be okay, Vicky. Yeah, I know. You know. <laughs> I know, you know. know, you know. So today we're gonna be doing another Ask Donna, correct? Correct. Good, good, good. Um, and speaking of fall, you know, before we dive into the questions, I, I just wanted to say that with the college um Mm, you know, time upon us, um, there was a, an interesting op-ed in the Washington Post by, let's see, Kate Cohen called, Here's Why College Guys Commit Sexual Assaults They Don't Realize Are Assaults. And I was really glad she wrote this because uh, she points out some important stuff. Uh, she talks about entering the red zone. And the red zone, you know, we're recording this beginning of September, and I'm not sure when this is airing exactly, but just so you know the context here in us talking about this. Uh, The red zone, she describes as the period between the start of college and Thanksgiving break, during which more than 50% of campus sexual assaults occur. Um, And so... You know she she points to An-C's, uh oh so sorry I getting his his name wrong Aziz Ansari, um, mm. who calls himself a feminist and created feminist television, but was also called out for pressuring women to have sex. She mentions Andrew Cuomo, who she says also calls himself a feminist and created feminist legislation, but also sexually harassed multiple women in his orbit. Um, and so she she's really talking in this opinion. Editorial about the importance of colleges um, in doing what some of them are doing. Um, and if they're not doing it, she'd like them to be doing it. And I agree. Um, the colleges to be changing their sexual conduct policies um, to reflect the concept of affirmative consent. So, you know, this, this presence of a yes. Uh, rather than the absence of a no right so if somebody clearly says yes and vicky you and i talk about this consent is key yes is clearly a yes when it comes to sexual behavior um she says you know for sex to be consensual there has to be a yes at every point yeses should be strewn about like clothes on the dorm room floor i like that uh from one (laughs) Current College Code of Conduct, uh, consent may not be inferred from silence or passivity. That is not consent. Assume, gentlemen, that that is a no. If you are not hearing a yes, assume a no. And then inquire. You know, you can say, and I know this is hard for people because we're not used to talking, we're not used to clearly communicating, but you can say, would it be all right to kiss you? And if she says no, then don't kiss her. If she says yes, well, then yes is yes, right? Um, and just, you know, make sure that she seems willing and she seems happy and smiling because sometimes people, you know, can do things under duress and, and you want to just make sure there's not too much alcohol going on and all that stuff. That, that's a topic in couples therapy with couples about limiting alcohol. That can really help how the date goes, how the night goes, even for couples who've been together for many years. Uh, Lemony alcohol can be really important and other drugs too Um, so anyway I I just like that she wrote about it I think it was really important to just bring it up and sort of point to what happens on college campuses in the fall I mean you know uh, lots of times people just don't know you know people aren't talking about this I mean if you're lucky enough to grow up in a a sex positive household where your parents are talking about this and you're, you're a young man or a young woman going off to college well that's great But there are so many households that are not like that. So I feel it's a responsibility here to be bringing this up and getting really clear about what's okay and what's not okay. What is consent? And how do we go about getting consent or giving consent? Right?
1: And don't forget this goes both ways, too. You know, for whether it's a male in pursuit of Mm. a female, a female in pursuit of a male, a male in pursuit of a male, a female in pursuit of a female. It's the same across the board. Yes means yes, no means no.
0: That is correct, whether you're a female and you are making a move on a male. Yes, I have counseled many men who have also uh, experienced sexual harassment from women Mm. or sexual violence. So it is not Mm. just women. Men experience it, too. So thank you for saying that, Vicki. That is right. Of course. Um, Actually, I'm looking in the article again, and uh, let's see. There is a group called Sexual Citizens... Um, And they do studies, or they have at least done one recent study, of campus sexual assault. Um, And uh, they're they're a good group, uh, seemingly. Um, And it's really important to be talking about this. So sexual citizens. um, Oh, there's a book. um, Sexual Citizens, Sex, Power, and Assault on Campus by Jennifer S. Hirsch and Seamus Kahn, K-H-A-N. Um, so they're doing groundbreaking studies on sexual assault on campus, on college campuses. Uh, Jennifer Hirsch is a professor of sociomedical sciences at Mailman School of Public Health at Columbia University. She's got lots of research oh. out there on, on the anthropology of love, gender, sexuality, um, HIV practices, social science on sexual assault. And Seamus Kahn... Khan is a professor of sociology and American studies at Princeton University, right next to my old, mama, old alma mater at uh, Rutgers. <laughs> Princeton is next door. Um, he's written many, many books, and uh, he's appeared in the New Yorker, New York Times, Washington Post, etc. Uh, so, wow. yeah, so interesting stuff. Good stuff. And that that back to school
1: time is just there's. <laughs> especially going back to college. I feel like so this is going to be an interesting year for so many people, especially Mm -hmm. after the past two years being whatever they were with COVID. I know at least the colleges around here, everyone's, um, very excited. I was looking online. One of the professors at one of the local colleges had been helping a lot with, um, COVID research. He's brilliant. One of the most brilliant people I've ever met. Mm. Um, And he was saying that, you know, this year he has 60 fully vaccinated students that he will be seeing in person. Mm. And he is slightly more nervous than when he had 20 just because of ventilation and space and making sure that, like, everyone's being safe and doing what you have to do because sure. everyone's so excited to be back and emotions are high and everyone wants to do everything. And he's, mm. he's like, does everyone
0: still be careful?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah.
0: We must still be careful. That is true. That is true. Yeah, it reminds me again, I know I've mentioned this before, but having lived through HIV AIDS in the 1980s, um, you had to be careful. So it's also relevant in talking about going back to school and relationships mm. and sexuality you know, you also want to be kind of checking in with folks if they're vaccinated or not. And you can base decisions on that. Like back in the 80s when, you know, I don't know about other folks, but I used to ask folks for their test results, <laughs> you know, yeah. for intimacy because it's very risky. You know, viruses are risky and they're easily catchable if you're not careful with protection, barrier protection of condoms or masks, whatever those mm. barriers are. We have to use them to decrease our risk of of catching viruses and STIs. And talk about it. It's okay
1: to if you're yeah meeting a new partner to to talk about that and ask and be like, you know, when's the last time you were tested? and mm-hmm. all of that good stuff. It's a normal conversation that I feel I hear more people talking about it than I'd ever heard people talking about it before, which makes me very happy for the safety of, you know, my people but mm-hmm. and people in general. Um but I think there's still a stigma around talking about that that shouldn't be there. It's it's health. Mm. It's your health. It's the health of others. It's important. <laughs> I, I'd like – yeah,
0: no, it's a good point. I'd like to help people think about it differently rather than fearing talking about it um, for fear that you might have an uncomfortable conversation. You can think of it like when you do talk about things – like that, like, you know, masks, COVID, are you vaccinated, you know, do you have any STIs, think of it like you are presenting with confidence. And confidence is sexy and attractive. So you'll be more sexy and attractive to others, you'll be modeling really good, responsible behavior for public health, whether it's COVID or sexually transmitted infections. Um, And if the person that you're talking to doesn't like it, well, that may be a sign that they don't want a partner who's so confident and that may not be Mm. a healthy relationship there's a way to think of it right yeah i don't know if anybody said that to me when i was in my 20s so (laughs) i'm saying it to all the 20-somethings 30-somethings you know and and beyond If, if you're feeling you know worried about bringing up a difficult topic don't worry it just shows that you're confident and confidence is sexy and appealing how about that that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> heed right.
1: Dama's advice, everyone. Heed her advice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it takes a long time to develop confidence, and that's okay. You know, just there's nothing wrong with you if you don't feel that level of confidence, but you can work on it and develop it. Just get better at it. It gets easier over time and with practice. It's like anything, right? As a as a diehard plant person, you're much better at growing <laughs> things now than you were when you started, right?
1: I'm killing a lot less plants now than I was when I first started. Yes, oh,
0: so you're growing them. You're you're yeah. helping them bloom and thrive.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: like anything, you know, whether it's athletics or music, you know, anything that we do that we practice, uh, it, what maybe it's your career. Maybe you're a data scientist. I don't know. Maybe you're an accountant, a salesperson. The more you do things, um, maybe you're an engineer. You're you're better as you as you keep doing it. So, shall we field some of the questions from the curious folks out there?
1: We shall. Um, and for anybody listening, if you have a question that you would like anonymously talked about or you'd like us to talk about and ask Donna or just, you know, you have a thought you want us to touch on, feel free, send it over. You could send it via the website or you could DM us or anything like that. We'd love to hear it. So, Cool. My boyfriend of five years will not go to a wedding with me. We are in our mid-twenties and we've been together for five years. I have a family member whose wedding is coming up and he's completely refused to come with me. That's not what upsets me. What upsets me is how he's refusing to come with a why the hell would I want to go and a laugh telling me how much he doesn't care about anybody at that wedding and how little he cares about my immediate family. I've tried to talk to him about it and about the way he's been talking to me and how, that it, and how it's upset me. All he said is that he's not going to lie about his feelings. I've tried talking to him about how I'd appreciate him coming with me because it's important to me, and all I've gotten back is get a pet then. I've tried talking to him about if there's a deeper reason for him having such a strong reaction, and there isn't. I don't understand how my partner can not only talk to me like this, but not see any issue with it at all. I don't know how to approach this anymore, and I feel as if the only option is to break up. I've brought up therapy and counseling for the both of us, and he's adamantly refused. What's your advice?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, come on into couples therapy. <laughs> if he's on board and you're on board, look, we can walk through this. Oh, well, no, no. She said that he's refused. Oh, that's therapy. right. Oh, okay. Um, so what is my advice? Well, um, you know, I'm a couples therapist therapist specialist, so I'm working with couples and relationships. If one person refuses, then, you know, that is not possible. Um, well, I would say if she's just asking me, um, I would say go enjoy the wedding, dear. Um, have a good time. And it sounds like you've done everything you can possibly do and there's nothing more to do. Hmm.
1: Do you think there's a there's something that they could do to try to rectify the way that they're communicating? Or do you think it's I, – I struggle with saying do you think it's a, it's a loss because I don't – I think that's discounting how people feel in their relationship. But do you think it's it might be time that their relationship has run its course?
0: Well, you know, your word loss is not completely inaccurate. I think, you know, it sounds like she's sad about it because he's not willing to be more flexible. And here's an idea that I can talk about with folks. Um, In relationship, flexibility is the thing that you want to strive for, not rigidity and being sort Mm. of stuck. Now, having said that, uh, so Schnark, you know, my hero, David Schnark, who wrote The Passionate Marriage and Uh, The Sexual Crucible and those books on on the website, on our literature recommendations page. Just click on it and you can get it. Get a free sample first, see if you like it, and then you can buy it. Um, He talks about the solid, flexible self versus Mm -hmm. the reflected sense of self. So people might find this interesting. Um, I don't necessarily specifically talk about this in therapy, but if if people want me to, I do. But these are ideas... um, that I am able to uh, springboard from to help people. So the solid, flexible self is one where um, we know who we are, what we stand for, what we believe in, right? Um, And she believes in social connection, and she wants to go honor the ritual of these folks who are important to her, who are getting married and being witnesses and all, you know, all of that for these people she loves, which is great. She'd like to share this with him. She's asking him to go um he is saying no i mean if they were in couples therapy i might say to him you know what's the barrier for you why why do you not want to go you know what is there anything that that you know we could talk about here that would uh mm, help you understand that by going you're not going for the wedding people you're really going for your partner you're going to support your partner and her wanting to connect with these people. But you know, they're not going to be in my office because he doesn't want to do couples therapy. So that's a Mm -hmm. moot point. But, but snark again, if you you could even Google the uh, four points of balance, the crucible online and uh, the four points of balance talks about the solid flexible self is a healthy thing to to develop. And the flexibility piece is understand it's a little bit like the 60, 40 idea that 60% of the time, you can hope to get what you want in the relationship, you know, maybe in the way that you want it, possibly 40% of the time, not. Um, you just got to know that it's probably not going to happen. And that's realistic. Um, so maybe she chalks it up to this is one of those times when he's just um, not going to be able to give me what I want. She should go anyway and enjoy herself. Um, and this, yeah, I mean, she's thinking about if this is something that's a pattern And she feels sad and alone and, you know, maybe they don't share this value or they don't see the world the same way. Maybe this is an issue for her of whom she's picking as a partner um, that she may want to rethink this or, I don't know, to see whether he continues to, to behave in that way, which isn't, again, sounding like it's good for the sake of the relationship. It sounds like he's giving in to what he wants, which we talked about this last time too, um, or before, that when we do that, what that comes naturally to benefit ourselves. Oftentimes it doesn't benefit the relationship. So we have to think differently to get something different. Now, uh, there's the solid, flexible self versus the reflected sense of self. And that is something that puts us in a weaker position. So when we are uh, seeking our own value or happiness, Through our partner's eyes, um, that puts us in a weaker position, right? So she could just say to herself, okay, well, this is really important to me. I get that he doesn't want to go, and I'm still going to go and have a good time. And that's an option. I really can't tell her what to do about the relationship. That's something she has to figure out. If she's not getting enough connection and support and, you know, lovely, pleasurable moments, then you know, that's not going to feel good to
1: her. I wonder, too, I have so many questions. Like, I wonder, does he have a good relationship with his family? Maybe he doesn't want to go because he's jealous in a way that you have a good relationship with your family. Or maybe he doesn't, he's self-conscious about the way he dances or, you know, whatever. I, I would I would ask so many questions to to try to figure out. Yeah what the
0: base of that is. They've been together for five years. That's a long time. It's a long time. And, you know, if they're looking to have children, I don't know mm. if they are. That that didn't come up. That's something I would ask because um, if they're late 20s and she thinks perhaps, you know, he's got a pattern of avoidance because of anxiety, that, mm. um, you know, that's going to affect them significantly in, in a negative do, way.
1: Do you find that um, it's... When it comes to people with anxiety, are do you see patterns with how they, they outwardly show that anxiety? Like sometimes people are just generally anxious and, you know, nervous or over communicating. Sometimes they get very stubborn because that's like them protecting themselves. Like are there patterns that you see or is it, it does it present itself very differently in every person?
0: Yeah, there are definitely patterns. Um, I would ask him, again, if he were willing to come to therapy, which he's not, Uh, But if he were, I would say, um, you know, why why do you not want to go to the wedding? You know, this is important to her. Is there something about weddings or is there something about this particular event that's making you not want to go? And what can we do to help create a better connection between the two of you so that, you know, if he says, well, it's not that I don't want to go. I just, you know, I have to work that day. Okay, well, that's different. I mean, that's not what she said in the email. But... Who knows, right? I mean, this is the problem of trying to answer something for one person when it involves a couple. We don't know his perspective. Mm. He might very well say, "If he sat down, no, no, I didn't say I didn't want to go. I said I had to work that day." <laughs> so, I always, you know, this speaks to a larger point of couples therapy, which is that I need to have both people in the room. I can't. I no one can do effective couples or family therapy with only one person in the room. Um, I really encourage all all parties. are experiencing any kind of distress to come on in so we can walk through it and sometimes it's very brief um, and very effective so again i think we've talked about this before that avoiding uh, is usually a a coping tool for anxiety that's not really a, a good one for the sake of a relationship so if he's avoiding going to the wedding and that's something she really wants and he's doing that because he's anxious or doesn't like social events you know, a lot of young people today talk about social anxiety well you know fear worry even some anxiety that's all really normal um, a lot of anxiety is uh, it's not that it's not normal everything's normal but if it's creating a state where people are not feeling good or their you know me- their mental health is suffering, um, or they're having, you know, panic or panic attacks, we, there are definitely very good ways to begin to help people not have that happen. And, um, you know, it's the fear of flying, right? Erica Zhang, who wrote the book long ago, the fear of flying, you know, the, the only way to get over your fear of flying is to step on an airplane. And in your mind, it's not the thing you want to do, because it brings up all kinds of scary thoughts. But in the end, if you want to get from point A to point B and you want to fly, you have to do the thing you fear. Now, he doesn't have to do anything, neither does she. She can opt out of the relationship, but I I can't tell people whether to stay or to go. I can only sort of ask them about what they're willing to tolerate and, you know, whether they're willing to give to get and have reciprocity for the sake of more pleasure and wonderful moments. You know, life is short. We want to enjoy as much of it as we can while we're here. So okay.
1: oh, hopefully so the next... that helps. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hopefully that might help her. It's, again, hard to say um, if it's only one person and one perspective. Can't help two people yeah. if it's one perspective. I mean, if if what... she's just saying, if she's my niece and she's asking me what to do, I say, go enjoy the wedding, honey. Go have a good time. Yeah. As long as he's saying he's okay with, you know, not going and wishes you to have a wonderful time, go have a wonderful time.
1: Go enjoy yourself. Dance the night away. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Dance the night away. Woo! Dance (laughs) the night away. Yeah. Uh,
1: Go ahead. Sorry. Um, No, it's okay. I'm looking at the the questions that we have for today. And a lot of these are family and wedding based, which I think is interesting. I didn't realize I had done that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I think, you know, weddings are upon us, right? That the wedding season. You
1: know, wedding season is not over yet,
0: folks. It's not. Mm-hmm. No.
1: Uh, Summer, uh, fall, okay.
0: you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so go ahead. Do you have another one?
1: No, so I do. So the next one is um, I am a 29-year-old female, and I called off my engagement to my 29-year-old male partner. Um, she doesn't say why. She said something happened and they called off their engagement. They've recently reconnected and have gotten back together. And she's asking, is it silly for us to get engaged again? Can people truly change? How do we make sure the same thing doesn't happen that happened the first time? She doesn't say what happened the first time.
0: but mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. Um, yes, people can change. Um, and should they consider getting engaged again? Yeah. Why not? Sure. Go for it. Go for it.
1: <laughs> Does that float your boat? Are you guys happy? Go for it.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you want a better engagement this time, um, I really recommend learning. couples counseling. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe it's a sex therapy thing. Maybe it's that aspect of the relationship, intimacy. Uh, that's why sex therapy is shorter. You know, as few as five sessions to as many as twelve. Uh, couples therapy is uh, about 16 sessions is the national average for couples to meet their goals because it includes other aspects of relationship, division of labor, parenting, you know, views on money, in-laws, et cetera. Mm. Um, and so let's see. Um, yeah, I mean, if they can get clearer maybe on the things that weren't clear before, if they can learn to communicate better. um they will be in better shape and again if it's about intimacy or sex uh that can be talked about as well you know talk about what you know consent is key figure out what each person um what what they're interested in what floats their boat what lights them up turns them on what they enjoy um yeah and go from there again those uh, you know those five elements come to mind all the time um be Being able to be more vulnerable as we develop that over time, we're happier in relationship. as we develop more authenticity, we're happier in relationship. Um, if we take more risks, you know, not crazy risks, uh, not you know flying a chopper at midnight in <laughs> in a cloudy mountainous region. Um
1: oh no. <laughs> um
0: you know but the things where you know it's it's safe enough to to be taking a risk. you talking about what's on your mind and what you're needing and what you're wanting. Uh and and mostly doing the relationship. Just do the relationship, you know, have fun. Um, do your thing, engage in your passions separately together. Uh be healthy, you know, enjoy good healthy meals, be active, um walk, be close and intimate. Uh So vulnerability, authenticity, risk-taking, developing comfort in managing conflict. Perhaps they, I don't know, this is an assumption on my part, uh, but generally speaking, there is a pattern where couples um, aren't so comfortable with conflict. They avoid it. You know, I get people come in saying, my goal is to change being conflict avoidant. And I say, that is a great goal. So you're going to start confronting conflict and learning how to be comfortable managing it. Is that what you want? Yes, they say. Okay, excellent. I can work with that. We can do that. Um, and then strong interpersonal communication. That's, uh, again, these are Peggy Kleinplatz ideas. Um, and I think she is right. And they are not easy to do. And they come with time, practice, getting older, developing more confidence and competence. Yeah. And and also, you know, knowing like you've picked right, you know, pick somebody that you share enough um of the same interests and pleasures and passions, that that's important
1: too. I think it's an, I think it's great that they've reconnected. Yeah. yeah, my 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 hope would be the same thing that I always think about when it's stuff like this. And it's can you move forward from whatever happened? Because if you're going to be yeah. ten years down the road and you're going to be bringing it up, that won't be good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and the reason that, that, you're right, the reason they should be talking and bringing things up is because uh, sometimes there's magical thinking going on. Um, Like one partner may be thinking it's romantic to be engaged but never wants to get married, and the Mm. other one's thinking engagement is the next step in getting married or Mm. having a child or or buying a house or whatever they imagine the next step to be. So that's why talking about what you're wanting moving forward from being engaged, is key. You know, where where do you want to go from here? All right. I was thinking Love about it. this this morning. I was washing dishes, and I was thinking, you know, a good metaphor is, uh, let's say two people get in the car, right, and they really haven't talked about where they're going. Well, I mean, maybe one person's assuming they're going to Fairhaven, Massachusetts, and somebody else is assuming they're going to Los Angeles. Hmm but there's a miscommunication or there's no communication and there's assumptions going on. Um, maybe they've talked about that. They're going to the restaurant over on the water and they agree on the restaurant. Great. Um, you know, that's why it's such a simple, silly thing, but Occam's razor, you know, this, this idea that sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. Um you know, if you don't know wh- if you don't know what the destination is, well, then you know you're going to be sort of lost and fumbling about. Talk about where you want to go. Say what you want. You might, maybe, one person wants to go to one place, one wants to go to the other. Then we can talk about the win-win. Right? The win-win, the sixty forty. All these ideas in relationship are important. The win-win means that win-win works. Compromise does not. Have I talked about this? Yeah. So compromise is settling, each person settling for something they don't really want that doesn't feel like a win. Um, That's compromise. It doesn't work. Win-win means each person wins at different points in time. Sometimes they both win at the same time, which is really nice. Um, But yeah, so a win-win would be in that scenario, let's say, the you know both of them are saying um hmm, well we definitely want to go on a road trip but let's see where should we go and one says let's go to Fairhaven and one says let's go to la well maybe the win-win is they go to Fairhaven first on the way to la i don't know mm. you know or maybe the win-win is today we go to fair haven and then maybe next week we go to la so mm. for whoever wants to go to la this week or today don't think you've lost because you're not getting to go to la think of going to Fairhaven is a win for the relationship. Your partner's winning, so therefore you're winning together. And then you get the next win. Right? Maybe that's the trip to L.A. Still got to get on that plane and get over your fear of flying if you want to get there in six hours versus, uh, yeah. I don't know, how long does it take to drive to the West Coast? A long time, right?
1: A long time. I have a friend <sighs> that just did a, a trip out, and I think it – the first time they did it, I think they did it in – like four days and they took their time and then when they were driving straight through they did it in about three of like yeah. 16 hour days of driving
0: <laughs> yeah so if, you, if you're not talking about how you're going to go to LA or what you're going to do and it's three days there and three days back and you only have a week well, off that, that's not going to be a so long time relaxing. in the car too so <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean th- th- you know hopefully uh that that's helpful in terms of the two 29 year olds who want to re-engage again re-engage or engage again do we have another one we do
1: Um, okay I am a 23 year old male and I find my girlfriend's family she's a 20 year old female Um, I find her perfect and he put perfect in quotes family extremely intimidating I've been dating my girlfriend now for almost a year and the more I get to know about her family the more inadequate I feel I know no family is perfect but hers comes very close. The sort of family that I think I used to think only existed on television. She has three siblings. There's two boys and two girls, and they are the sort of upper middle-class family that have a big house and a camper van and happily go on trips together. They're close with their extended family. They meet up over Christmas for birthdays, and they even have family nights where they play board games. They even have, uh, they even have a photo of all of them and the dog in matching pajamas from last Christmas. On the other hand, my family is not that perfect. I've met her immediate family a few times for a meal, and they're very, very nice. I get, However, I get very uncomfortable and embarrassed when they talk to me and ask me questions about my own life and my family. I feel like they're disappointed in my girlfriend for choosing to date someone that doesn't come from as nice of a family as they do. Um I've spoken to my girlfriend about it a little and even asked if she feels she'd be better off without me, but she insisted that she was happy with me and her parents see the same. However, I just can't shake the feeling of inadequacy. It's hard to explain, but the vibe within their house when they sit down for a meal and tell each other how their day was is strange to me. I've never grown up with that. How should I approach this to make sure that I don't become the problem?
0: There's a lot to unpack in there. Oh, sure. Huh. Um, how should he approach being over there and being more comfortable? Is that the question?
1: I think so. I think I think he's worried that his own inadequacy the the way I'm reading this is that he's worried that his own inadequacy is going to end up making him act in a way that becomes a problem for for him like
0: because he's so nervous. That's mm. that's how I'm mm. reading it anyway. Yeah. Well, he can zip the lip a lot. He can use <laughs> his edit button. Um, and you know it sounds like they're a positive fun loving family, the girlfriend they're young, oh boy, they're so young, they're kids yeah they're twenty three and twenty she's twenty he's twenty three so one of the ideas that comes to mind, you know, since I can't again treat an individual um and help them with their coupling um and I don't dare you know do that um you know, if someone is is struggling with you know how do I cope with my problem for myself you know he can't change her he can't change them he can't change his family the only person he can change is himself right so Mm -hmm. he could um not focus on the negative um you know it's interesting that he seems to have some shame about his family um Not sure where that's coming from. That's definitely his stuff, not her stuff. She really likes him, it sounds like. She wants him to enjoy and have fun. So the more he's able to just sort of um, immerse himself in that environment, he could think of it like, hmm, how wonderful. that I, I have such a positive new bunch of folks to engage with and just really have more pleasure. This is good for his health, actually. Good for his mental health, his physical health. He's not marrying her family. She's not marrying his family. If someday they they live together or they're committed or they marry, they're marrying each other. Um, And you can't do anything about other people. Um, You know, another nice idea I like to offer people in the process of therapy is remember that where we are weak, our partners are strong. And where we are strong, our partners are weak. Or have weaknesses, you know. Mm. Um, so he has strengths that, you know, are interesting. And she has strengths too. And they each are weaker in other areas. So it, it's not like, you know, she's great and he's not. You know, he's got to start to change his thinking and, and become more confident. And, um, and just notice, you know, what he brings to the table. Of course, he's only 23. So... Um, when we're 23, you know, we're not as developed as we will be when we're 33 and 43 in terms of confidence. So, you know, hopefully he can just be easy with himself and enjoy being in her her family's home.
1: And I think it's nice, too, because it's if he is saying that he doesn't come from a family that's that great, so he doesn't know how to navigate this love or, or you know, whatever they're they're going through, that this is a positive experience yeah. for him to learn how to navigate that and maybe gain some new tools for his toolbox for when he has his own family, you know, like kind of take the pieces mm. that he likes that he wants to emulate and and learn from and kind of fill whatever gaps he feels he has. I think that could be nice mm. because I think, yeah. you know, when you're mm. granted, they're only 23 and 20 and they're not married or anything, but they're still their own little family system. Right. So it's like you're working mm-hmm. within your little system to figure out how to navigate his origin system and her origin system and and figure out where it all yeah. Comes together. I think that stuff is so interesting. I drew. I really do.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. The family of origin stuff is interesting because it, it's it shapes us. Um, I would really encourage him to be gentle with himself. Um, you know, there, Robin Kassarjian writes nothing inspires mutual love and understanding more than a forgiving attitude. Hmm. So definitely helpful in in family therapy, couple relationships, but also for oneself to be gentle with oneself, to be forgiving of oneself. And if he's had a hard time of it in his life with a difficult family, well, guess what? He's faced challenges and he's become stronger because of it. He's had to adapt in the face of difficulty, maybe in a way that she hasn't. This is where he may have some strengths um, that are really important in their relationship, where he could be a model for her or even teach her or, or... Help her when she faces some of her own challenges um, in relationship. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Yeah. So I mean, I I see difficulty as again just a way of strengthening oneself. Everything we go through is useful. It all it teaches us something if we're willing to look at it like that. Problems are opportunities to learn about ourselves and others, and that's just the rich tapestry of life. Isn't that good? She's thumbs up, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So, I think that's you know, great. yeah. So this is uh, this is our version of Ask Donna for today, right? And yeah. uh, I
1: love when we do these. I think they're so interesting.
0: Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're a little challenging for me because you know I'm not sitting with both people. Um, I can only sort of speak to how folks can cope with what they're coping with, understanding they can't change anyone but themselves. They can make requests, they can ask for things. All we have control over is us. Um, how much we learn, are willing to learn, be curious, not furious, be forgiving with ourselves and others. So many tools to learn and strategies to practice and develop, um, lots of stuff we can get better at. Um, and, and often I suggest to couples, look, really think about what what you're doing that's making it harder for you to get what you want. And instead, figure out what could make it easier for you to get what you want in your relationship. Now you know, that means that you are changing. It's not about your partner changing. Um, of course, if both people change, that's good. <laughs> that, that's faster. That's better. Um, but, you know, whatever, you know, in your own time. I mean, it takes time, right? Um, And not every couple, you know, achieves success in the process. Sometimes people split and, uh, you know, that happens. But mostly the outcomes are really good when folks adopt the ideas and implement the strategies that work. So um, thank you for joining us today, everybody. Um, Don't forget about uh, checking out some of our our uh, partners out there, like the bigger O, right? Um,
1: yes.
0: Tell us about the bigger Very O real quick.
1: sex positive sex shop um, with mm-hmm. all body friendly items that you can use within your own sexual journey with yourself or with a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a ten percent off code for anybody that would like to purchase from them. If you use the code Happy Ending, you'll get ten percent off your order, and that's happy ending um and yeah they they
0: they're wonderful over there so go check them out yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> good thanks vicky so thank you all too, everybody out there for joining us again today at the sex and couples therapy podcast with the happy ending therapist if you want to uh, call in the office and and inquire about intimacy therapy therapy couples therapy um call at 508-990-9909 you can check out our website at com. on instagram look for the happy ending therapist and on facebook find us at the sex and couples therapist so everybody enjoy until next time always make pleasure make always make time for pleasure play and passion and we'll see you again soon Mm -hmm. Take care.